0: For us people with disability, living in our own home isn't something we expect to just happen.
1: The reason why I wanted to move in my own house was to have independence.
0: Often, we have to make it happen, by ourselves or with our family and our allies.
1: It feels really good. I get to do what I want to do, watch what I want on TV, eat what I want to eat, have people over, have parties, maybe having a family in the future.
0: I'm Jake Briggs and welcome to My Home, My Way a podcast about people with disability making their home their own. Living in a group home is often given as the only option for people with a disability, but that's not true. It's not what's always best for us. And group home living isn't the typical way we make a home. We don't say, hey, I'd like to live with five strangers with the same diagnosis as me that someone else chose and have our home run by a service. So what's the alternative? My Home, My Way has practical advice and stories of people with developmental disability, their allies and family making a home on their terms. With support models that enable even people with complex needs, to live in their own home. By the way, this podcast is sensory-friendly with a sensitive use of music so you can listen comfortably. This episode is about getting ready to move out of the family home. The average age people leave home in Australia is 23 for men and 24 for women. And of course, that includes people with disability. In this episode of My Home, My Way, you'll meet Kyle and his parents, Kay and Andrew, and find out, how can you plan to move out? How can family members and allies support people with disability to get ready to move out of home? When you visit Kyle at his home, one thing you notice is how colourful it is.
1: I decide what colours I wanted to paint the walls, I decided what colour furniture and where I wanted to put things, how I wanted my office, the spare room, my room, and I got to choose my own feature wall in my bedroom. I did have one support worker who did help me paint my bedroom. I had Lily help me paint the kitchen. We went on Pinterest and just looked at different designs that I liked the look of, and it came out really good.
0: He even has a geometric feature wall in his room. His space matches his personality.
1: Yeah, just exciting to paint and getting the baby poo colour. That mum called it, (laughs) out of the kitchen and out of the lounge room.
0: Yeah, no one wants to look at the colour of baby poo on the walls of their home. Kyle has lived alone for the past six years. Before that, he lived in the family home with his parents, Kay and Andrew.
2: You live with someone for 20 years and it it was very tongue-in-cheek, but I used to say to Kay that either he goes or I go. It's not because we weren't getting along with each other or anything like that. It was just 20-year-olds shouldn't be living with their parents. They should be in the world, experiencing the world and stuff like that. It's about creating the independence. It's building his own life, you know, creating a life for himself rather than a life attached to mum and dad for the rest of his, you know. And we wanted our, we've wanted we got our own goals and what we want to achieve.
0: Kyle's mum, Kay, realises that getting the skills to live out of home starts early.
2: The the principal
3: at the Ed Support Centre where he went, she was awesome. She sat all the new parents down year eight and she she said, Now your learning begins. Not just yours, your son's learning, it all begins now. And she said, We are going to train your son so he can be independent from you. And so it started way back then. No, even earlier than that, he's been involved in a whole bunch of. in direct learning, we didn't realise what we were doing. He was involved in um, the air cadets with his mm-hmm. sister and we didn't realise by involving him in air cadets that he was learning to iron. Oh, golly gosh. He was cleaning, but he was learning to clean in a different way. He was learning how to be out in the bush and to look after himself out in the bush when they were camping, you know, to deal with... Um, Snakes and spiders mm. and rain and frost and all of that stuff. That was indirect planning, but it was there. Mm. We did have a big planning day. I think Kyle was about nine to 18, 19 years old. 19. And we invited friends and family that had been involved in his life for more than eight years, probably some of them ten
1: years. We went to the office and did a little draw-up thing on what my life would look like, like where I want to go on holiday, driver's licence, house, friends, all that. Andrew and
3: I had to leave the room and um, the, the planner asked everybody about the questions and she was writing all of the information up on these big pieces of butcher paper and then we were invited back in and, and we were informed that Colm knew how to iron, he knew how to cook, he knew how to clean He knew how to get around on public transport. He knew how to handle his, um, to read public transport timetables, to handle his debit card. Um, All of these skills were listed in front of us. And that was a really big awakening for me because I hadn't realised how much he did know. And then that was when I realised, yes, he could live independently from us.
2: As far as where he may have lived, we had absolutely no clue. It was, it, I don't think you go into this journey of finding our young people somewhere to live with really an idea of what what it's going to take. You don't know where it's going to be. You want to, I suppose, I mean, some silly criteria we had, stuff like it has to be somewhere on a bus route. So because for for him to access public transport so he can get to where he needs to go, you know, a a safe neighbourhood, uh, somewhere where there's neighbours, somewhere he knows, all those sort of things. And you don't sort of, we didn't pick a suburb and go, that's where we're going to have it. It was more what's going to work the best for him.
3: Initially, we thought about him having his own little granny flat behind our house and that we would still have a lot of input in what he was doing but then the duplex came on the market and
1: I thought wow you know he could be right next door and it was within a
3: couple of years of that that this place did come available.
1: It is actually close to where things are like the bus stop and the shops and everything and old neighbours and new neighbours that I can go to.
2: Yeah, feel safe. Is it what we envisage? Probably not ending up buying a duplex, and that wasn't in the plan. It just just so happened that this duplex turned up for sale at the same time in a price that we could afford to buy him. So it was sort of like, well, if we don't do it now, then we're not gonna get in the market and he's not gonna get a place of his own and I'm gonna end up stuck with him for the rest of my life. We didn't plan it so much as in, like, this is what you're going to do, this is how the timeline's going to work. There's no roadmap for able-bodied adults to go into their own house and go, oh, this is what I'm going to achieve in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. It was more, this is the keys to your house, go and make it your own in a lot of ways. I think Mum my helped helps. Yeah, put... Mum out the
1: bills. Yeah, Mum helps put my name and... Put my, get all my bank card and Mm. all the, yeah, bills in my name.
3: We had lots of fun shopping for the furniture and things, didn't we, Kyle? Yes. Some of it was second hand from mum and dad and family and friends, but then some of it
2: we went shopping for. Kay and I were very prepared for stumbles and falls and we figured the best way to deal with that was work with them as they happened. Kyle's very independent around, like, he he can cook, he can clean, he can wash. Yes, there has been more intense learning for Kyle around safety, security, making sure the doors are locked, making sure the alarm system's on, things like that. And then also, you know... Shopping, you have got to be aware of what's in your fridge, what's in your freezer. But that's no different than a young person leaving home as an able bod to someone with a disability. It makes no difference. It's learning that whole process.
3: And if you needed us, we would just knock on the door or we've actually got a telephone intercom. So uh, um, there was a time, a little time, when Kyle had a few moments where he was feeling unsafe um, had someone knock on the door in the middle of the night. But initially we thought, you know, I thought that we'd have a lot of input Um, but then we would step back slowly when he was more comfortable with making his own decisions and we would be the backup.
2: One of the big things that Kay and I looked at was his... uh, safety and, and security around decision making so we have chosen the way that we've chosen to set this house up kyle actually doesn't own the house we do and the reason why we've done that is that by name it's his house on paper it's mine and Kay's. that way that there's no one can come in and steal it or take it away or make him refinance it or do anything like that. It's a very practical thing, but it's a safety thing. For anybody who's going down this road, I would very much suggest that they do a lot of research around the safeguards and protections to put in place so that nobody gets hurt, nobody gets ripped off, nobody loses anything. Um, There's lots of different ways you can structure it, through family trusts, through living wills, a whole bunch of stuff, but... For us, this was the way it worked the
0: best. Carl, moving out has made a big difference to everyone.
1: It made me feel that I had to look after it and like, make sure it's clean. And it made me feel
2: more independent and trustworthy. So for me, having him move out, I think it's actually, it's been really good for my mental health. Uh, it's built, my relationship with Kay has become very different because we no longer have children at home. So we we then had to start to learn to be um, a husband and wife again, what it was like before we had kids, you know, 20 years previous to that. And that's that was a struggle. Even though Kyle lives next door to us, it was more than, you know, our relationship between me and Kyle is probably stronger now because we don't have to live with each other because I know I'm a pain in the ass to live with, but so is he. And then when you've got very, three very strong individual banging heads against each other all the time, you are always going to get into some sort of argument fight and that was, that's not a cool way to live. Having Kyle move out, he's, a, he, he's got a much better relationship with his sister as well, even though she doesn't even live in Western Australia. But that relationship has also changed. The dynamic of that has changed because they're still brother and sister, but they don't live under the same roof. They haven't lived under the same roof for 12 years, 13 years almost. So they are more friendly now than what they have been in the past. Kyle's got a bunch of friends that, do I like them all? No. But you know what? That's his choice. And he has to live with the consequences of any actions that he takes with that. Are we happy with it? Not all the time, no. But it's really nice to not have to worry about, you know, cooking for him, cleaning for him, and he goes to work, he does what he needs to do, he comes home. There's some days that we may not see each other three or four days and that's fine because I don't want him living with me and he doesn't want to live with me, you know what I mean? So for us, it's me, I think it's been a lot better. We actually
3: have had the opportunity to go away. And it took me months to be comfortable with the idea of Kyle being here by himself, but knowing that he had his own house. The first time that we went away was a a short period of time and we had a friend move in next door. So she was able to keep an eye on Kyle. But the second time we did it, it was, um, we were away for three months. And I had to know that there were people and think systems in place for Kyle before I felt really comfortable. It took me a long time to be comfortable with the idea that I would be on the other side of the country and Kyle would be here going to work, being in, in the place by himself because there, no one was next door. Mummy had to let go. <laughs> Not that I was ever a mother hen that, you know, sat on top of her baby chick all that time, but I knew that he was capable of looking after himself after that planning meeting. There have been a couple of times he's had relationships that have been very difficult, relationships for him and then for, for us too. But we, we're here. We're, we're able to help him to navigate the good and the bad of those relationships, for him to be able to ask us if it was okay to end a relationship and to help him in that regard. Young people don't know all the time. They don't know what they want. And for mum and dad to be close by, to be able to to give him a shoulder to cry on when needed, a boost when he needs it, you know... But also for us to be able to go off and do what we need to do. We still do spend a lot of time together as a family. Most Mondays you're cooking dinner for us. It's something that he's always enjoyed doing. He always enjoys cooking for us and it's not all roses. We've had absolute blow-up fights sometimes, like any family. But um, I think our relationship's are stronger because we were able to have that distance. Mm. And as I said, our trip away would never have happened if I wasn't comfortable with him being by himself in in the house and knowing that he had, number one, a group of people to support him, to enable him to stay here for three months without us being there. And number two, the skills in
2: place to be able to cope. I personally couldn't find something that I wish we'd done, but I'm really, really glad that we went down the road of the safeguards and looking after the back end of everything. The house itself is very front, front facing. So everything is about Kyle and people come here and they see that they don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But I think that's probably the most important part. This is bricks and mortar. Bricks and mortar can be replaced. If it gets burnt down, it makes no difference. You know, it's insured. There's no issue with that at all in the background there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be done and for us first and foremost was the safeguarding and making sure that he was going to be safe financially security all that sort of stuff
3: all of those things that andrew just mentioned are really important you've got to have faith and trust you've got to build relationship with the support people who come in if you don't trust them and you, you just find yourself checking up on things all the time, it's, it's no better than having him living in the house with you. So having, having the in-place reliable trust he goes to socialise with, you know, with his church community, his boys' brigade
0: community, that's all very important. For Kyle, living out of home has meant independence, choice and control.
1: Going out, doing what I want to do, hang out with my friends, cook my own dinner, do all the things that I couldn't do, living with mum and dad.
0: That was Kyle Fairbairn with his parents Andrew and Kay Fairbairn talking about the planning and preparation with Kyle moving out of home. It's never too early to start planning and learning skills that will help you in the future. Think about living close to your family, friends, and the community you know and like. You can't have everything worked out before you move. You'll learn stuff along the way. That's life. It's okay if it doesn't work out and things go wrong. It's all a part of the process. In episode two of My Home, My Way, you'll find out what rumours aren't true as we bust the myths about people with developmental disability living in their own place.
3: There was definitely people out there that thought I was nuts when I said I
0: wanted him to live in his own place. You can find the show notes for this episode with the main points and a transcript on My Home, My Way website. The My Home, My Way website also has lots of resources, stories, and tips for you to get your own place on your terms or to support someone else too. Type My Home My Way into a search engine or go to myhomemyway.com.au slash podcast. My home my way is made by NACBO, the National Alliance of Capacity Building Organisations in Australia. This episode was recorded on Wajuk Country by Claire Gibellini for Valued Lives. It was hosted by me, Jake Briggs, and produced by Jane Curtis with executive producer Deb Rouget. Sound engineering by John Jacobs. My Home, My Way is produced with the support of the Australian Government Department of Social Services. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and family. This podcast is sensory friendly, so you can listen comfortably. We'd love to know if there's anything we could do to make this podcast more accessible and your feedback in general. Contact us through the My Home, My Way website. Thanks for listening.